When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, Eric Bischoff here, and just want to call a quick timeout. I want to tell your listeners about what I've been telling everybody at over 83 weeks, quite a while now, about all the cool things that are happening over at AppleShows.com. The wrestling wars are heating up as David Crockett and Conrad revisit March of 1985 on The Book. Vince has brought WrestleMania 1 to life, while Jim Crockett Promotions is preparing to be back on TBS television. And you got Dusty Rhodes and Tully Blanchard on top, Magnum TA and Ivan Koloff for the U.S. title, $5,200 at the gate. And meanwhile, while that show's happening, WrestleMania is becoming a thing. And uh, the wrestling wars are about to heat up because just one week from now, you guys are back on TBS. Former WWE executive John Filippelli sits down with Conrad on an all-new edition of The Insiders and discusses his tumultuous relationship with Bruce Pritchard during his time with the company. Vince was trying to, I think there were times where he tried to sort of get us to try and work together better than we were. And I, I was quite candid. I was quite candid about how I felt about him, about that I didn't appreciate you know, him undermining us or me. And I uh, I would have no part of it. And I told Vince, if he doesn't straight his act out, I don't want him. He's got to go. Either he goes or I go. Ad Free Show's members recently got to chat live with the enforcer, Arn Anderson and hear stories of legends like the late, great Bobby the Brain Heenan. Sharpest, funniest, wittiest guy there's ever been on this earth. I could look at Bobby and go, hey, Bobby, you got a bump on your neck. Before I could get neck out of my mouth, he had to come back. Boom, boom, boom. And just hilarious. Symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer. And as of tomorrow night, the mm. new AEW International Heavyweight Wrestling Champion of the World, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you, man? Damn it, you Connie, don't jinx it. No, I'm not. I'm speaking into existence. Okay. Now I'll take that. I'll yes. take that. A lot of positive moment. Okay. Speaking into existence. Sorry for even jumping down that, you know, come on now. You know me, we're the delusional optimists. That's right. Who, who had it on their bingo card <laughs> that you and Jay lethal would become a tag team. Wonder whoever thought of that. And you <laughs> would win the AEW tag team titles. And then that evil, rotten, terrible referee. Yeah, Awful referee. Yeah, there you go. I wasn't going to say that, but you can spell the bad words. Aubrey Edwards screwed you and not in the way that others would imagine. She ruined your, your, your dreams and what was rightfully yours, but that's okay. Because the fine folks at Turner 
they have landed an incredible sponsorship with Shazam and Shazam said to themselves, self, <laughs> we want your biggest and your best. Who goes the most viral in AEW? Well, maybe Orange Cassidy. And who's the greatest singer? Who's the greatest entertainer? And who's the greatest wrestler we've ever featured on Turner? I'm talking in the 80s. It wasn't Ric Flair. I'm talking in the 90s. It wasn't Hollywood Hogan. I'm talking about the here and now. Eat your heart out, Kenny Omega. It's Double J, Jeff Jarrett. So the sponsor asked, for Jeff Jarrett, Double J, the last outlaw to take what's rightfully his, his place at the top of the mountain. He is the king of the mountain. And as of tomorrow night, he will be the AEW, the first ever AEW international heavyweight wrestling champion of the world. You're on fire. I mean, right out of the gate, Conrad. These are flat. Orange Cassidy, those little baby kicks, that's over. All right. That was cute a few years ago, but you know what never goes out of style? Hitting mugs over the head with guitars. <laughs> you got one last week on your little knee. This a week, night. you're going to get one on your dome. <laughs> but don't worry. You're going home with a lighter travel bag. You don't have to worry about lugging that belt through TSA. That belongs to Cody Angle now. <laughs> there you that go. Coming home. Now you're talking some facts. Spin These are facts. Today. But speaking of facts, speaking of facts, is it true? I heard a rumor that my man Cody, in preparation for the Strawberry Festival, the Strawberry Jam, I know what's going down. It's coming sooner than later, right there in Portland, Tennessee. A six. Old Jeremiah, he has no idea what he's in store for because our man Cody, as the rumor goes, has been training in Alcatraz to get ready for this. Is that right? Like Roddy Piper. Before Super Brawl, when he wrestled Hulk Hogan, Cody went to the left coast and went to the meanest, nastiest, most infamous prison in American history, all to get ready to take it to Mr. Jeremiah in May in Portland. Is that right? Conrad, I would not have believed it if I didn't hear, hear it out of my own ears. We uh, took a tour. The United Group, Sotnam, Sanjay, Jay Lethal, Myself and family, Cody led the charge, took the boat over. We spent a good two hours, took the boat back, went out for a nice afternoon meal in the afternoon in San Francisco. And as the meal was getting started, as Jay Lethal was encouraging my man Codes to eat some nice uh, spicy uh, chips and salsa, really spicy. His mother told him don't do it. And he looked at mom, also known as Karen Jarrett. He said, mom, I'm a change man, mm. change man. And so Alcatraz, or he called it the rock, uh, it changed him. And uh, Karen was off to uh, Target, bought him a new wardrobe. I hear you're in the wardrobe shopping, but uh Got codes, a, a, a white tank top, and you can probably see that model online. So my man codes, he's a changed man, and he's looking forward to May 6th. I'll just leave it at that, Conrad. Hey, you know, speaking of uh, wardrobes, you and I had a conversation. I don't know that we had this conversation on air, but I saw something last week, and I said to myself, self, self? I got to ask him about this, but I didn't want to ask you off air. Oh, boy. Okay. I, 
I'm not trying to get to you. I'm just trying to ask questions here. I'm trying to learn, trying to add context. You recently, sadly, unfortunately, lost your father, the late, great Jerry Jarrett. And as we briefly touched on that, and we are still one day and going to do a tribute episode to him, the time is not right yet, but hang in there. But you had mended fences with him long ago. Y'all were tight again and spending a lot of time together. And I think y'all's last visit together, he had done a little shopping mm-hmm. and he gave you a pair of shoes that he thought when he saw them, he said, Jeff's got to have these. These are TV shoes. And I saw when you wound up, and you hit uh, a triple right off of Orange Cassidy's knees. I looked down and I saw, hey, those are not the same old black boots that I've seen old Double J wear in the ring before. And I wondered, are that are those were they? So the last outlaw, I'll make it brief here, but the last outlaw debuted back in November with the traditional cowboy boots. Yes. And um, black cowboy boots, my Lucases that fit like a glove. Had them a long time. Uh, they fit awesome. But um, I'll just say the uh, the family inner circle um, kind of voted the boots down, Conrad. Uh, said they were a little out of style, the cowboy boots. And I said, no, that's 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 what the last time would wear. And so a little bit of a debate. And if you go back a, a, a few months prior to that, out in L.A., Paul Walterhauser, housing, when I cracked him, uh, I had some red shoes on design mm-hmm. shoes. Those were a Christmas gift from old, uh, little man, JW Jarrett dad. And, um, he loved that. He, you know, he, 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 dad's a little bit eccentric, you know, that very, very much so. And so as time went on and we visited and he loved, uh, love that. And he said, I'm going to get you, you wore those red ones. I'm going to make sure I get you. Uh, some more shoes for you to appear on on TV. We'll call it on TV outfits. My dad was always really big on that. Uh, you better look like a star uh, if you're going to be a star. He just had that mentality over and over and over and over and over. And so on our very last visit on that Saturday, um, before he passed on the Tuesday, uh, he was so proud. Uh, he his, his strength had kind of been zapped, uh, but um, he – uh, came uh, as he came down the steps and, and sat down in his chair. He said, Deborah, bring me the boxes, plural. And out they came, Conrad, the gold sequins and the silver sequins. So that was, uh, uh, that was the two pair of shoes. That's the last gift he gave me. So Conrad, what, what, what did you think when you saw those silver shoes on? Uh, well, listen, I, um, I know they make shoes like that, that have like black sequins that maybe would have fit the, the character and the look a little more, but I also know that you used to be big on strutting around in a lot of silver. So I could see why, uh, that would work. But when I saw them, I thought this is, this has got to be yeah. the first time he's worn these and sort of in tribute to your dad. I mean, his last gift to you, how cool is that? Yes, it's, it certainly is. Uh, there's a, several folks backstage that did a double, d- double take, like what? Anyway, yes. so, um, had a lot of fun with that. And, uh, obviously very, very sentimental, uh, value to me that, uh, I got to crack OC on the knee with the guitar shot. Uh, all good, man. It, it, it is, it is a sentimental piece for me. Um, I'm excited to know that you'll get to debut the gold ones 
uh, in two weeks when you come out there with Orange Cassidy's old title, <laughs> uh, the gold belt around your shoulder, matching the gold shoes yeah. on your feet. And of course, this week, a lot of college basketball folks are striving for gold. It's March Madness. Uh, some of the first games start tonight. There'll be some more games on uh, tomorrow night. And then, of course, Alabama's in action on Thursday. And when we're knee deep in it, and we've had a lot of fun making fun of wrestling personalities like <laughs> Abyss and, yeah, Jinx and Rudy <laughs> Charles and a bunch of other people who think they're good at fantasy. And we thought, you know what? If you really want to see if you're king of the mountain, why don't you fill out a bracket alongside double J and we invite you at home to do that too. Go to myworldmadness.com right now. That's myworldmadness.com. It's up and it's live. And in order to join, you want to use this password slap nuts hashtag 2023. That's capital S lowercase L A P capital N lowercase U T Z. Hashtag two zero two three. We're going to have some my world prize packs for the winners, some autographed action figures, a one-on-one zoom with double J some autographed eight by tens, lots of fun swag, but the real thing around these parts is bragging rights. There so you go right now to myworldmadness.com. Be sure to use that password slap nuts, hashtag 2023. This should be a lot of fun, Jeff. I cannot wait to trash talk. I mean, obviously, the king of the mountain is the front runner. I'm going to win this thing. We know but, that. But uh, as long as I destroy Danny Engler, as I destroy Chris Park, uh, in any other notable buffoons that call themselves being inside the industry that want to take a step my way, uh, and for, for the international fans and I get tweets, Conrad pretty often and the comments are, I don't understand college football at all, but I love Connie and Jeff talking about Alabama and I find myself checking, uh, um, you know, the, the, the scores and, uh, Conrad, I did some zoom calls last week for the ad free upgrades and new signups. And, uh, there, there's a, a Shout out to Birmingham, England. But uh, he found himself, he said, I, I have no idea, but I find myself checking the scores, the Tennessee or Alabama or whoever may win. And he said, I know more about Joe Burrow, clipboard Joe as we call him, uh, Connie. Uh, but but uh, anyway, having a lot of fun. We are going to have a blast with this. Uh, and just a little, little, as you're filling out the brackets, as you're filling out the brackets, here's a little pro tip. There's going to be always, Conrad, and I love a little feedback on this. There's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's um, four individual brackets that uh, 64 teams that get down, they're, they're one through 16. So one plays 16 to kick off the tournament uh, for foes that don't know. But anyway, there will be a 12 or a 13 seed advance pretty deep into the tournament. It always, there's something magical about 12 and 13. I think because they play, uh, the four and five seeds out of the gate and the four and five seeds are always a little disgruntled and we should have been a one seed or a two seed or maybe in a three seed or we've got to travel across country. There's something mentally that goes on with it. So uh, the Cinderella story always comes in around that 12 or 13 seed. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of the traditional front runners are in there. Uh, Gonzaga, uh, what a program they had, but Kansas and Connie, I got to give your roll, uh, roll tide some uh, typical, not only football, but basketball this year. And they look like they had a 
you know, they had a little rough off-court uh, patch or a real rough. I don't want to get into that. But I think they're gelling. They could make a role like a, a serious – they could do it all. I think their, their, their march, it looks like, it is more than doable. So, anyway, myworldmadness.com. See if you can't uh, get even close to challenging me, but uh, I'll win this thing pretty handily and abyss. I, I can't wait to see. His bracket will be busted. Day one. I, well, let, let's give him till Friday afternoon. Okay. Thursday, he's going to have a bad day. By Friday, uh, Abyss and Danny Engler, they'll be ripping it up and, and moving on. So, MyWorldMadness.com. It's live right now. Be sure to use that password. Slap Nuts hashtag 2023. Don't forget there's a Z in Slap Nuts. Be sure to capitalize your S and N. And then uh, be sure to tune in to uh, Dynamite on Wednesday. Got to service those sponsors. And uh, even the fine folks at Turner and Shazam, they know that Jeff Jarrett is box office and it's the brand new AEW international championship. Other companies had a mid Atlantic championship. Ain't nothing mid about double J. He said, no, no, make it all Atlantic. And then, you know what? I'm international. I'm not just nationally known to rock a microphone. I've been hitting dudes in the head with guitars on every continent God ever made. Let's call it the international championship. And Jeff wins it tomorrow night at seven central eight Eastern. Uh, you're going to see history folks. I mean, look at those goofs on the left. Who'd they ever beat, <laughs> uh, passion drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance, superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, led headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. So listen, let's talk about why we're here. Our topic today, 15 years ago, Jeff, TNA had Destination X, the pay-per-view, and uh, we recently just covered Against All Odds, and uh, that's available in the archives. Be sure to check that out. It's uh, myworldonyoutube.com. But coming out of that pay-per-view, and we touched on it last week, or two weeks ago now, there was tremendous heat on the Motor City Machine Guns, according to the newsletters at least. They uh, even are on the poster for this event we're covering today, Destination X but they've apparently been quote unquote de-pushed because they refused to get color. Uh, is that the way you remember it? There was some heat on them because they wouldn't go along with the plan and now they're going to be quote unquote punished. 
or is that all just internet nonsense? Well, I think it's a little of both. I, I, I remember, and this is, man, you talk about getting in the weeds and our research, Conrad, uh, on this episode. Um, it's too got, much. <laughs> well, you said it, I didn't, but no. Uh, hats off, Derek. The, the, the research uh, just went super deep on this. Uh, but one of the things that became crystal clear, um, well, not one, several things, but just kind of the narrative, um, what, what just wasn't accurate in, in so many ways. And we're going to get into ratings. Uh, we're going to get into the actual pay-per-view itself. We're going to get into a lot of things here, but as far as the motor city machine guns and the disciplinary, it, it seems like things kind of spun out of control from a newsletter point of view is, but there is, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And the fire was, uh, neither one of those guys, uh, were, enamored and and kind of in a lot of ways just put their foot down um and said nope we're not going to get color and i think delivering the message as opposed to the message uh was was more uh and look they were young we've all made mistakes when young but i think how they kind of positioned things uh was probably what maybe dumped heat on them because there was some heat on them I don't know how deep it was and like a deep push. I'm not so sure it was kind of that mindset, but it was a for sure. Um, I guess you could call it an attitude uh, issue, just kind of their mentality and attitude. And look, they're not the only ones and they won't be the first and won't be the last to have attitude issues. It is what it is. I think at times uh, an attitude issue can be healthy for talent because that makes you hungry and, Look, whether it's Vince McMahon or, or, or other bosses, bookers, legendary promoters, you know, the sign of a real good talent is a talent that really thinks for himself. So these guys wanted to make a statement. I think they delivered the statement uh, to Terry Taylor and others, uh, probably in the, the, the wrong uh, download manner. Well, let's talk about uh, some other things that are popping up here that are opportunities for you in this era. TNA is going to sign a big deal with Jack Specific to start making action figures and other licensing tools. The WWE deal ended in January of 2010. Um, tell me about how this deal came together, where all of a sudden TNA has got a pretty major opportunity here with a major manufacturer. And look, this is one of the things, uh, been a little bit busy lately, Conrad. I don't know if you know that, but, but, uh, I would have reached out because I, I'd love to get kind of the timeline and here's where I'm going with it. Marvel was our first big partner, uh, right. Marvel toys. And, and they had not TNA issues. They had internal issues, uh, major issues. So that licensee kind of, if I recall, kind of died on the vine. And then here comes Jax and Jax. I, I, yes, I, I believe they were a leader in the marketplace, but they, you know, they were leaving and going their separate ways with WWE. So for us to get the opportunity to work with Jax was, it, it just, I can't, it, you can't understate it, Conrad. It was huge because it was their track record, their shelf space, their knowledge and know-how, their uh, vote of confidence with the brand. Uh, I learned a lot from Jeremy, who, who's now with, with the organization who uh, uh, handles AEW action figures. So it's funny how li life, you know, treasures on. But Conrad, again, 
building the company, a conversation uh, for me, uh, we'll call it in the founder role, but then talking to the lead financial partner and Bob Carter, and you kind of have the conversations are, okay, here's a growth step. It wasn't a baby step. It was a huge step in, in developing the licensing. Because, you know, in the licensing world uh, for wrestling organization, it's your video game and your action figures. Those are the two lead horses. Lunch boxes and ice cream bars and pajamas and sleeping bags and school supplies and all that other stuff that used to be really, really, you know, in the 2000s and 2010s, you know, kind of the mindset. Now in the digital world, there's, it's a whole, it's a whole different line, but this is pre any digital kind of stuff. It was huge, really, really big. Uh, the whole team flew in, uh, came out to the house. We had a creative session uh, trying to get things up and running, but it was big Conrad, really, really big and a huge vote of confidence internally and externally. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some other things that you're trying to at least, or they're being discussed rather, because another big knock against the company at the time was, well, it's always taped and it's just down there in the sound stage. But there's a report in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that you're trying to do Impact Live every other week, much like we saw Monday Night Raw did, maybe at their height with uh, the Monday Night Wars with uh, Nitro. They were live every other week. And Meltzer would say that, you know, there's a lot of new expenses if we do that, uh, but it's at least discussed. And you even have a PR manager on staff at the time and Stephen Godfrey, who tells the torch that you're continuing the options to explore options with impact, but there's no announcements regarding a change in schedule. Do you remember? I mean, I know that we're going to try it weekly. We're going to try it monthly. We're going to try it every other week. Was this in your mind necessary? that the show needs to be live at some point? Your question is necessary. I, 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 no, I don't think it was necessary, but did I think it would have a huge lift in the ratings? Here's my answer. And I, I used to, Conrad, I, I probably said these exact words to Kevin K and others. Is it going to be an immediate lift? Probably not. There's enough data out there to look, uh, at raw and, and, um, at this, you know, Raw, SmackDown, Nitro, uh, Thunder, whatever it may be, tape versus live, in that it, it all depends on the really core of the content. You got to give them something they want to see, you, you know, the right night of the week with the right promotion. So many other factors, whether it's live versus not live. Uh, but what I did say is when you're taping at, at the current model, we were doing three shows in two days. So basically a show and a half and a show and a half. The tax on the entire system not just talent, but you're asking Kurt Angle or Kevin Nash or Samoa Joe to go out twice in one night. So just by the simple division of there's only so much energy in a talent, if you've got to have an in-ring interview and then you got to have a match and then you got to have a backstage, you're, you're doing so many different things, your energy split, your brain power split. And that's just not talent. That's creative. That's production. That's kind of a time link just overall. So going live every week, I thought would make the product better. Uh, and also kind of the, um, the, the immediacy of a focus group that if you do a show on a Thursday, you've got to the following Thursday to either correct what you know, you screwed up on improve pivot, 
if you got an injury, you got six or seven days. If you're doing back-to-back shows and whether it's injury and you immediately got to do a rewrite or that didn't go well or talent rightly or wrongly so may have an issue with something, uh, it, it just, there's so many different variables. So I didn't think the ratings would immediately lift, but I did think the product would get better and better. And also thought that as the natural growth of the company is, if we went live every Thursday, it could help us. Hey, we're on Thursday night. Go see us at live event X, Y, and Z this Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I, I was hoping for a rhythm of, you know, TV on Thursday, house shows Friday and Saturday, maybe a Sunday, and then crank it up. That's what I was hoping the system would turn into. Well, something else you're hoping for is a video game. And uh, you have uh, Kurt Angle and even Karen doing some PR in this era. Uh, and Kurt's pretty critical, saying, WWE don't care. I just want to put something together, hurry it up, and get it out there to make money. We spent a lot of money to make this the most authentic wrestling game ever, and we did it. He's going to brag about how the game looks authentic. And if you're looking at the, uh, the graphic that we've got posted on our YouTube right now, he's right. It looks fantastic, especially considered it to be 15 years ago. Now, a lot of times promoters can't help themselves and they wind up with a little, I don't know, maybe they exaggerate a little bit <laughs> and listen, you know, we, we heard this a lot back in the day in the nitro era, Tony Schiavone would tell us every week, this is the biggest, greatest night in the history of our great sport. I mean, we heard it every week. Well, Kurt angle here, maybe he gets a little carried away. He says, well, then two or three years, TNA is going to be the biggest company in the wrestling world. And this game is going to be our kickoff. Now, of course, I'm sure you were like, well, I don't know about biggest in the world, but this game did represent a big opportunity. I mean, that could introduce you to a whole new audience and really cement, you know, set the hooks in. These are TNA folks. Now these are impact folks. Now, how big of an opportunity did you view the video game to be? Was it like action figures bigger than action figures? What can you tell us? Uh, at least on par, maybe bigger because you can create a franchise and, you know, just over the last 12 or 18 months, me diving into, um, and some folks have seen online with skybound games and mega cat, uh, you know, moonsault digital is my partnership, uh, in, in the gaming world, but Russell quest, which Conrad Thompson is in coming out. Um, Conrad, we're getting a date real soon. We're, we're looking in may, but, um, I've done a couple of panels uh, at PAX and gaming conventions, and they go back and talk about the history of gaming and professional wrestling. Conrad, I had no idea how well received the game w- was when it came out from the gaming audience. I just looked I, I looked at numbers and sales. I didn't really get into the DNA. I didn't really get into the uh, you know the message boards and all the feedback. It was very, very well received. But the thing that we kind of knew, uh, from a business perspective is WWE had a franchise and what Kurt was kind of alluding to is a new game came out every year, not every year, but often for WWE. Uh, and you know, it's hard to be the biggest and baddest thing year after year. Just what you said, Shivani saying every week, it goes back to the Nick Gula's days, biggest card never signed here in Nashville, Tennessee this Wednesday night. He said that every week, the biggest card ever signed. That's the natural promotion. Kurt, God bless him. I mean, he when he bought in, he bought in, and he's not going to yeah. say, "Hey, man, we're going to be number two. Just watch us." No, Kurt went all the way, and, and rightly so. It's 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 hope and it's promotion, and to the yeah. TNT fan base, 
damn right. They it was number one to them. So anyhow, um, it was big, Conrad. Really big. And from a financial perspective, it's one of those deals. You get the the right gameplay and the right characters and the right story and the right momentum. Not only can you make a lot of money, but when you have a action figure that's a line of action figures that's successful and a, and a video game that's successful, all the other licensees out there, like I said, lunch boxes and <laughs> pajamas or sleeping bags, or it doesn't matter. All the entire license uh, licensee program just starts br- br- rolling in a big way because they look at two barometers of a video game and action figures. Are they successful? Yes, they are. Okay, I want on board. It's big. It's really, really big. Speaking of big, Samoa Joe, his contract is uh, due. There's ongoing negotiations, and they're even going to turn it into a storyline with Jim Cornette, where Joe is not committed long-term. And along the same lines, we should acknowledge that he became uh, sort of one of the hot properties here in America after a series of matches against CM Punk in 2004. And we all recall in 05, they both have offers and sign in different places. Punk signs with WWE and goes to OVW. And almost immediately, Samoa Joe is on TV for you guys. And before you know it, working with Kurt Angle. And it was probably easy for a lot of people to say, well, Punk made the wrong choice. Now here by 08, maybe they're thinking a little differently. Were you concerned that Samoa Joe might actually jump and go to WWE here? Sure. I mean, there's always a concern when a, when a, let me back up. Joe's a hell of a talent from yes. the day he walked in the door. I, and I've said this on, seems like this has come up a, a lot in the last year or so talking about AJ styles and Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe and, you know, kind of that core group of guys. I, I didn't miss it back then that I thought we were lucky to get Joe. Uh, from the very beginning and and we got him or we collectively, including him, got him on that role. And then when his contract was up, it, it's, it's, it's always a negotiation and it's always Conrad, you can probably say this better than me, but a contract negotiation is always Jim Ross will say miles and money, but, but it, it there's more than it, with the talent Money is at the top of the list, but it's not the only thing on the list. Is he going to creative is what JR always says. That's right. Okay. My bad. Yeah. So, 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 and, 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 um, Joe, like anyone else, did he feel like just what you're saying? Is he looking over at the fence and saying, Hey man, it may be green over there. I'm going to be the bull and walk down to the gate and go through. I'm going to see if the grass is green over here. Um, cause at the end of the day, dollars were dollars. There's no way. And I tell any talent ever that we had a conversation with, we will lose every financial battle we get in with WWE. They're just that much deeper pockets and always have been. Well, along the way, you've got to book these shows. You've got to start making pay-per-views. Did you know at this era, you know, creatively what you wanted, like, did you know you wanted lockdown to be Joe versus angle or, and, and are you communicating that to him? Cause I'm sure you're having conversations about Joe, you'll make more money there. 
but do they know it's like the way I've heard Vince used to talk to Brett in 1996, when he's trying to convince him, stay here, sign, resign with me. Don't go to WCW where Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are because quote, they wouldn't know what to do with a Bret Hart. And in this era, I could see you saying, Joe, do you see anybody who wrestles your style getting a push over there? Do you see anybody who looks like you ever getting a push over there? Over here, we're going to have you with Kurt Angle. You're going to be in main events. Da, 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 da. Is that sort of the line of thinking and the way you're presenting this? Sure. sure. The, the, you know, maybe not. Because um, I was always trying to careful mentally. That in a, in a way, that's kind of bashing the other guys. I would kind of use the positives for, for us and just say, Joe, look at the position you're at and you've come in and busted your ass. And not only do we not have a lot invested in you, you have a lot of invested in you here, which was the truth. And, and not only that, that look where you're headed. There's a lot of growth. Joe, you, you live 90 miles from the studio. You know your travel schedule and your demands on your family life and work life better than I do. There is a factor to that. And coming from me, I, you know, he, he knew, okay. Jeff's worked for both companies and a lot of miles and a lot of nights from home and a lot of frustration, how happy. So that, that balance, but, but yes, I, I would point out the upside. And then in, in 2008, this time frame, gas pay was increasing. Uh, the two hour conversation, um, j just all the above the live events were kicking in the growth of the product, the video games, which you just mentioned, the action figure. So there was a lot of upside. And then, you know, during this time frame, I think I tried to look at my notes or jar my memory by, excuse me, reading the notes. I think by January, we knew that lockdown was Joe Angle. So we're well into the story. Speaking of the story, uh, coming out of that big pay-per-view against all odds, our, our impacts are going to focus on Karen and her upcoming wedding on the show. And of course her maid of honor, Jeremy Borash. <laughs> uh, but we've also got some NASCAR influence here. Your old pal, Hermie Sadler is going to be on the show interviewing LAX, Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, and then Jimmy Spencer is going to join Mike Tanay and Don West on commentary. How does all this NASCAR business become a part of the program? Uh, Hermie Sadler, strong supporter. He was on episode one, two, four. We've documented, go back in the archive, archives and check out the asylum shows. But Hermie, you know, a friend since the early nineties, but, um, a major player with Fox sports. And at that time, the speed channel and really the NASCAR family, which is, um, you know, a collection of 43 sponsors plus, and then some, you know, 43 cars back in the day, uh, in every race, but no, just lots of sponsorship opportunities, lots of relationships, a massive, uh, television deal and an audience. And, you know, as it dialed into the relationship, Hermie was going to be running live events and, you know, there was a, a group of NASCAR folks that we got to select from that were fans of the product. And how can we cross promotion? It's a very, very serious terms, Conrad. It was a cross promotion. Hermie was going to be running live events. But, you know, the old thing is, hey, how can we get a few NASCAR fans that aren't aware of our product to come watch us? Uh, and just kind of dive into that world. And whether it's at the racetrack, uh, on TV, 
whatever any kind of cross promotion we could try to figure out we we were uh we were looking at analyzing and trying to execute well i'll tell you something that you and i are executing every time we get ready each and every day our friends over at henson shaving Listen, we have talked a lot about this sponsor, but, uh, I just want to talk a little bit before we even get into the copy, as you guys know, here's a peek behind the curtain. They tell me things I'm supposed to tell you about how great their product is, but I have to admit, I thought it was the coolest razor ever. I was a little intimidated. It felt like something that would last me a lifetime. It felt like the last razor I would ever need. It's not a toy. It's not plastic. It's not the piece of garbage. They lock up down at the drugstore. But I was like, man, I don't know about this, a dual edge blade. Like, can I handle this? And the answer is yes. I got the best shave of my life. I'm sold on it. I even bragged about it so much at the office that I convinced my dad to get one. So dad says, okay, send me the damn link. I'll buy it. And I said, well, hang on. Let me get you the promo code. I'm going to tell you that in a minute, but you know, he's my dad. So I typed it in for him. When I saw how much it cost, I couldn't believe it because not only is it better than what I've been doing, it was also cheaper. And I know that sounds too good to be true, but I encourage you, please go out of your way to learn and look at Henson shaving for real. Now here's their backstory and what makes them cool. It's family owned, you know, Jeff and I love that, but they're also an aerospace parts manufacturer. Let me re-say that they made parts for the international space station and the Mars Rover. That means that stubble on your face is no problem, son. These razor blades are like diving boards. The longer the board, the more the wobble, the more the wobble, the more the nicks, cuts, and scrapes. Now that made sense to me. I learned in, in learning this, that a bad shave isn't a blade problem. It's an extension problem. So here's what they're doing over at Henson shaving. They've got their aerospace grade CNC machines, and they figured out how to make razors super thin. How thin? 0. 0.0013 inches. That's less than the thickness of a human hair. It's going to mean a more secure and stable blade with a vibration free shave. It's been a game changer for me. It also has built in channels to evacuate hair and cream. It's going to make clogging virtually impossible. What I admire so much about this product and I love it so much. I convinced my barber to get one so much. I have one at the office. I have one in my travel bag and I have one here at the house. They gave me one. I bought two because I really believe in it. Henson shaving wanted to make the best razor not the best razor business. Let me explain. If you were trying to make the best business, you'd probably sell people on signing up for some dumb subscription. You'd probably go ahead and make it out of plastic. So eventually it wears out and breaks and they got to go buy a new one. You'd probably make sure the blades wouldn't fit anywhere else. And they had to buy from you forever and ever. Amen. And they would probably stop making those blades. And then you have to go buy a new razor. Hanson does none of that. No plastics, no subscriptions, no proprietary blades, no planned obsolescence, no gimmicks needed. The Henson razor works with a standard dual edge blade. So it gives you that old school feel like your grandpa used to have, but it's all the new school tech. Think about this, man. They made parts for space. Now they can make something for your face. Come on. Once you own a Henson razor, here's the best part. The razor is going to last a lifetime. I mean, I, I feel that way when I hold it in my hand, but once you have it, all you got to do is replace the blades, right? And that's where they get you down at the drugstore. They keep that stuff behind lock and key. It's so expensive. This is three to $5 a year, not three to $5 a month, not three to $5 a week, not three to $5 a quarter, three to $5 a year. Say no to subscriptions. Say yes to a razor that will last you a lifetime. 
Go to hensonshaving.com slash myworld. Pick the razor that's best for you and use that promo code myworld and check this out. They're going to get you two years worth of blades for free. Just make sure to add them to your cart. That's 100 free blades. When you head to H E N S O N S H A V I N G dot com slash my world and use the code my world Henson shaving.com slash my world. Hey, and let me just say this. When you go to TV, why don't you slip Moxley a few of these? He'll know what to do. <laughs> uh, listen, let's talk about go ahead. <laughs> no, I shout out to Dave green, you know, here on the show and the family. Uh, a lot of moving parts, researchers, social media, you're steering the ship of this great organization, but how in the heck Dave green finds Henson shaving. I, I'm telling you folks, when Conrad just look, you, we can call that an ad read or you can call it a testimonial or you can call it, or you can talk, or you can call it Jeff and Connie just kind of talking about their day-to-day lives. Conrad. I was literally blown away. Karen walked in the bathroom. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm making sure I'm doing this right because it seems too simple. It does. I, I, I was like, there's something talk about we're talking about. I've never used a razor like this. Have you either? Are you kidding? Oh, this is old school. This is like something they did in world war one or something. Y'all this yes. is an old school thing. And so me being me, I'm a little intimidated with essentially a straight razor, this double-edged razor. I'm like, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know. I know you're comfortable with it, but I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. I Moxley does. I don't know what to do with this. So I screw off the end and I put it in and I'm like, is that, is that on there? Right. And then I screw the bottom on and I'm like, well, I think this is it. I mean, let's just see. So I lather up and do my deal. And then I'm like, holy cow. Why have I been doing that? We have overcomplicated razors. And I just thought, okay, I know in the copy, it says the razors are three to $5 a year. And that sounds too good to be true. And me being a salesman, I'm like, that means the razor is going to be real expensive. I'm not going to say how much it costs, but I'm going to say you got to check because when you see how affordable it is, you're like, I'm here's what I did. I ordered dad one and I said, shit, I'm getting me too. I want one at the office. I want one in my travel bag. I love this product. And if they never advertise with us ever again, I'm going to use it for the rest of my life. There you go. Okay. I'm sold on this. I didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole, but Conrad, if you had had a video of me when I shaved, I said, holy smokes, this is how they used to do, you know, the barber shave that you yes. get in there and the hot lather and uh, folks. This, we got it now. And <laughs> we don't need 18 blades. We don't need aloe vera gimmicks. That, we, we don't need any of that. This is what our handsome ass grandfather used to use. And now it's better than ever because it's thin and it's, I love this product sincerely. I know that you think watching this or hearing this, this is me shielding a product. It's not, I'm telling you, I love this. Uh, go check it out. And if they never advertise again, I'll still talk about it every day again. Cause I love it. Okay. Back to All your right. schedule programming. <laughs> Back to the schedule of programming. Uh, let's talk about, um, some production notes Our a friend of the show. We probably shouldn't say his name. He takes great production notes. He was at your hip through all of this. And we've got a lot of those notes. And some of the notes show that it was supposed to be Sanjay, who's called Guru, taking on Lethal for the X Division title match uh, in the Elevation X match. Do we know why that was changed? These are my current modern-day compadres. 
right? For whatever reason, and I'm either going to get corrected or confirmed. One of them wasn't a fan of heights. I think maybe both, but also it could have been, Hey, their story is a love triangle. That's a little different. And that's why I'm Conrad. I'm all over the place because we may have pivoted and said, and I wish the note said this, that, Hey, this story done doesn't necessarily need, it's a love story. They don't need to go 15 feet up in the air. So it could have been that, but for whatever reason, we shifted off of it. And man, the note taking on this folks, the stuff you get on my world is literally notes that were taken in the room from 15 years ago, which I'm like, Oh yeah, that was a little bit of drama that didn't play out. We did pivot and we're going to get to the story of who took their place but kind of the story that came out of it. So I, I don't want to get too far down. Go ahead. Well, let's talk about uh, some silliness here in the torch. Uh, it's a recap of the silliness that was on impact where AJ styles mistakenly marries Karen Jarrett. <laughs> of course, the idea is we're going to do a ceremony to renew the vows of Kurt and Karen angle. And that's so often with these wrestling weddings, it doesn't go as planned. And it starts with a preacher. And he's introducing the groom and his best man, AJ Styles. And of course, Don West is saying AJ's facial expressions look like someone stole his puppy. And next up, Karen's daughter, Kim, and the maid of honor, Jeremy Borash, come out. Borash is wearing a suit, not a dress. So I guess that's a good thing. Uh, and as Kurt and Karen are renewing their vows, he asks if anyone objects to speak now forever hold their peace and styles is trying to convince Karen to say, no, that doesn't happen. So out comes Samoa Joe with Kevin Nash. Samoa Joe says, I object, but I couldn't sit back here and let you make the mistake of marrying that dime store gold digging skank. And so now I brought Kevin Nash out here so we can beat you up and strip you of your dignity. It's real. It's damn real. Shenanigans happen. Uh, what do you know? Accidentally, AJ gets married to Karen styles is leaning in for a kiss, has a huge smile. Kurt stands up. Can't believe what he's seeing. And the audience dropped from a 1.1 to a 1.03. It was an average viewership of 1.5. Normally these wrestling weddings are box office bonanzas. This one, for whatever reason was not. It's a little silly, but all wrestling weddings are. What do you remember of the creative, the execution? And were you disappointed that the ratings actually came down? Did the rating just the quarter hour or the whole show? Well, it dropped during that, during that segment. Okay. Um, so when we started the show, it was, um, the opening was a 1.1 and then quarter hour. Number eight or Q eight is a 1.03. So it dropped, not a huge amount, but still normally you see that they know there's going to be a swerve or something. So we'll tune in to see what it is. And that doesn't seem to have translated. So modern day AEW, this happens every week. It starts Q1 and Q2 are generally the highest quarter hours and it tapers off. And I know, look, we could get into the ratings conversation, but this is something that um, had a, I was going to respond to to on the notes and just say, hey, man, let's dig this up. I could probably find it somewhere. But at this time, Conrad, Spike had purchased 
the rights to CSI. CSI was our lead-in, and it was a massive number. And uh, sometimes they ran it three nights a week, five nights a week. I mean, it was, excuse me, the entire library. But the CSI leading dumped a huge audience. But as time went on, Spike and Ant, uh, research and all that found out that, hey, you know what? Uh, CSI fans aren't wrestling fans. So that first Q1, and it was a big audience. But in that, you know, they dumped a lot of their viewers, and then our wrestling fans were, were tuning in. I don't say late, but, you know, sometimes they get there at 8 after, 10 after, 12 after. You could just kind of see that number. Anyway, so I think a lot of times that Q1 in any wrestling show is a little misleading as it gets into prime time because what's your lead in? But that's why I was curious to see how all how off Q2 to Q8 was. That is something that I tried to, I don't say in the back of my mind, but kind of had that look, said, okay, you know, and, and so there's four quarter hours an hour, obviously. So the second quarter hour is kind of a, I don't call it a baseline, but that's kind of your tune in that doesn't have anybody that's watching the prior show is really still there 15 minutes later. So where are we going to be from Q2, Q2 to Q8? So anyhow, um, enough of ratings, but you, you'll see that pattern a, a, a lot uh, in 08. And even into, because CSI, I think was all, all, all actually into 09. I'm not even sure if it's OTM. But anyway, so the wedding, I thought the execution, I thought it was super entertaining. A little uh, trivia footnote, the preacher um, that that hosted the ceremony, uh, a friend of the family, uh, Tom Sturdivant. For the old school Memphis wrestling fans, if you remember Brother Ernest, Brother Ernest was a takeoff on a t- television evangelist. He could play it to the hilt. Loving guy. He sent me and has sent me multiple texts during this last couple of weeks and uh, just great, great guy, but he loved, I mean, he, he could get into his character. So he performed the ceremony. I thought he did a fantastic job. I thought AJ styles, when you look at, we'll call him for lack of a better word, kind of X division, AJ that hadn't quite developed his character or was on his way. I thought AJ is a heel run here. Uh, he just kind of continued to develop and get outside of his comfort zone and this whole boy next door, but kind of fell into the hot chick. And Kurt was more worried about the world heavyweight title than his wife and family. And then Kira, uh, as a little girl, she, she, she got to be a part of it. I thought it was highly entertaining. I thought the outcome was something that you, I don't think anybody called that going into, okay, out of this wedding storyline, this nonsense, we're going to get into Karen and AJ getting married and, but Kurt's, you know, not gonna, I thought Kurt played his role. Well, I thought Karen, I thought AJ, I thought the preacher, I just thought, look, it was executed how it was laid out. And I think everybody in it uh, did an excellent job. Let's talk about uh, something happening um, overseas. If you will, Kurt's going to lose to Shinsuke Nakamura over in new Japan to unify the IWGP title that he had won from Brock Lesnar. And this is going to go with Nakamura's recognized IWGP title. But I'm curious, did you guys ever have, because I know you did like a global impact show at the Tokyo Dome, and we'll talk about that again in a minute. But was there ever consideration to, hey, let's see if we can get Nakamura stateside, or was that not something that everybody was game for? He was working date after date after date after date. It was, it was I don't say off limits, but it wasn't in the cards. 
for, from a new new Japan perspective, um, it just wasn't in the cards. He was their top full time guy. I got you. Uh, we we did mention the Global Impact show, the Tokyo Dome show. It's going to turn into a DVD. Walk us through that process, how the DVD came together back then, who would come up with it, who would produce it, who would distribute it. And since you're never shying away from talking numbers, was this a profit center for TNA? How much money could you guys make off a good DVD back then? Well, I, I wish I could, because it was kind of lumped in as far as end of year, uh, total merch numbers, but it was big. Uh, again, we, we, uh, through kind of the, how do you say this? Just through the years, I guess just, just the, the eras of the business, the DVD business was red hot when we got into it. And as time as obviously the streaming, it, it's like blockbuster. It went away. I mean, right. uh, it, it like vanished. Uh, but we made, I'll, I'll call it through the years, millions for sure. It was a, a big profit center. This particular one global impact, um, that was, you know, we sent cameras and that whole situation was, um, uh, you know, shot and produced and developed out of the gate to be a TV show, knowing that we're going to have enough footage to turn it into a DVD. And the TV show was so successful and everybody was happy. It's one of those ones that through the years, you know, the best of AJ styles or, um, actually my DVD because we, you know, we really put a lot of, I did a couple of sit down interviews, um, but you know, top 100 moments, whatever it may be, but global impact, there was so much content and Kurt was obviously the centerpiece of it, but his match and the new Japan trip and the documentation of it and, you know, 3d, uh, you know, Bubba and Devon were in it. Um, there's just a lot of content there. So this was a special DVD because it was, you know, uh, had the promotional vehicle of it being a one hour television show. And here's the extended director's cut. Uh, but DVD was a big, it was a big part of our business, uh, for several years until, you know, technology, um, eclipsed it. Well, let's talk about something you guys are trying, uh, maybe in a different way. House shows. You're going to run your first house show tour of New York, February 21st to 23rd. February 21st, you're at Webster Hall in New York City. And a lot of people are saying it's your best house show experience to date. It's a packed club venue. So there's only 800 fans there, but that's a sellout. Then you have 3,000 fans for a Friday night in Westbury, New York. And then uh, on the third night, you draw 1,500 fans. WWE had ran there the month prior and drew 4,000, but still this has to be high fives all around. Hey man, maybe we can do house shows. New York was a fun little loop. Conrad, you ever been in Westbury, uh, this I'm venue? Not. No, it's a great venue. It's a, in the round. So the ring is set up and it's, and there's cool acoustic sets and from a music perspective, but, um, you know, there's some AEW talent, Conrad, this will make me, uh, feel the old double nickel, but there's some, there's some, uh, talent that actually came to those shows as fans that are from the, the tri-state area. But, um, all this loop was, you know, look to, to say that we were high fives all around, you know, I don't want to overstate it, but I certainly don't want to understate it, that it was highly profitable. And yes, we were excited about the potential of what's to come. Yes, the merch was great. 
25 bucks ahead, you know, Don West, God rest his soul, just how gifted he, he, he was. Um, but you know, we had, what's, what's it say? 3000 in Westbury, uh, 800, you know, so we had over the weekend, 5,000 fans to sell from, uh, you do 20 bucks ahead. Uh, I'll kind of let you do the math on that. So, uh, that's, that, that was profitable and it was the trajectory of the company was going up. So when you can have those kind of weekends and have a conversation with, with Samoa, the Samoa Joes of the world, it, it, it built the case for the momentum, DVDs, action figures, video games, live events, the growth pattern. Man, we got to talk about Samoa Joe a little more. It comes out in the torch that there's serious consideration being given to Joe getting the NWA title or the TNA title rather as soon as lockdown. And there's even some reports in the torch that the rationale behind having Joe refuse to sign the TNA contract week after week on TV was to portray him as being so self-important and self-confident that TNA needed him more than he feels like he needs TNA. And of course that leads to speculation that, Hey, maybe he really feels this way. We should also just add some context. We're not too far removed, just a few months from the whole Kevin Nash, Samoa Joe thing. I'm sure that left a bad taste in his mouth and a lot of other people's mouths, but now you're having this guy sort of flirt with one of your, your main storylines and your title. Are you confident you were going to be able to get Joe to sign at the end of the day? I wish I could go back and really get in my, my frame of mind because look, hindsight's 2020, but I think for some reason, Conrad, that it's somewhat of a safety valve that we're telling the fans and we're being transparent to, to, to align that this guy's not signed. Right. And, and don't really go any deeper than that, but he's not signed and wrestling fans, if Joe would have left, we could have said, Hey man, we told you so <laughs> he didn't resign. Kurt's the champion and we're going to keep on marching down that road. And, uh, th that's life. So in a lot of ways it's, it's, uh, art imitating life and life imitating art. that old scenario. I do want to ask about the other report here that Joe might be going for a bit of a makeover in terms of his look. And it's not said specifically. If that's a company idea or that's his idea, were there people on your side of the fence who thought that if Joe's going to be the top guy, he needs a different look. And I don't know what that means. Does it mean face paint? Does it mean a different haircut? Does it mean a different, does it mean new gear? Is he dying his hair? I mean, a different look could mean a lot of different things. Were there people on your side of the fence? as this contract is being discussed and creative for him moving forward as discussed. Hey, if we, if we're going to make him the, the top guy for real, we need to change this or that. Do you remember anything like that being discussed? So, Oh, being discussed. Absolutely. And through the years, it would be, and look, it, it is what it is. Dixie, whether it was her thought or whether she read it, but AJ Styles has too Southern of an accent. Samoa Joe, do we need to do something about his weight? Uh, this guy needs to work. This guy's not so good on promos. This guy 
doesn't need to be in the X division or this guy needs to be in the X division or whatever it may be. Those conversations, like any wrestling organization and creative and marketing um, discussions and whether it's video games or action figure folks, yes, all those discussions, I always leaned into. And, you know, I don't think Joe from time to time, and this is nothing new, but I I love Joe in a night, not a nice, in a cool looking, I'll call it Samoan necklace, um, face paint, maybe a touch here and there, but I love the presentation of, I'll call it Samoan war dancers that for a big match. Cause Joe, um, and I think I've touched on this little known fact, you know, he marched in the 1984 Olympics in, in, in Los Angeles as a young, young kid, you know, his family family business. That's what I'm saying. His family lineage and their badasses. And they, you know, I don't say it's not that they look the part. They are the part. Um, I always wanted to bring that out at, at all times because it had an innate charisma to it. You know, you're looking at the bloodline right now, and I think Sammy is, is you know, the straw that stirs that drink in so many ways. But, you know, when, when, you, when, when, you, when you look at, you know, the tribal chief or whatever it may be, but just – the, the island, badass, you know, what's it called? Uh, the All Blacks, the New Zealand war dance before they'll do a, a, a rugby game. There's kind of an intensity that you can communicate and show the emotion through television that just adds the presentation. That's what I always leaned in for Joe, always. I love that look and feel and vibe because that is uh, a part of his real-life lineage. I, uh, I want to bring back up the whole uh, thing we started with the motor city machine guns. Apparently this story doesn't seem to be going away. The torch would report that there are some wrestlers in TNA pretty upset that TNA has decided to fine Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. And even points out, imagine the publicity of a lawsuit. If it ever got mainstream and some news outlet picked it up that a big corporation like Panda energy was finding their contractors for not slicing their foreheads open to bleed and there's others who think that hey man these guys have a bad attitude they're above doing what pretty much every wrestler in history has done and now they're going to say perhaps you should have just jobbed them out and not affected their money don't find them like or they have to write a check or they make less cash or whatever their pay is withheld. Just make them lose a bunch of matches. But around the same time, Jay lethal, he, uh, he volunteers to blade in an angle with team 3d. So if this is to try to set a precedent, maybe it's mission accomplished, but in hindsight, do you agree with the decision to find these guys for not blading? And I don't, man, if we really find them, I, I, you know me well enough now I would have been for, and maybe not even cause he, here's kind of the catch 22 jobbing them out on TV. Is that really good for the company? The business. No, the prob, pro, unless you're really off them and going to move right. on and got talent to replace and need to get some guys over. I can definitely see that, but for the most part, just leave them home and, right. And, and j- just leave them home. And if they're on a per date, you know, 
that's where guaranteed contracts versus not guaranteed contracts. You know, some guys get sent home, but still getting that fat paycheck. They just wave at the mailbox and say, Oh, thanks. Uh, wave at the mailbox and say, I'll see you in another two weeks when I'm back to pick up my next check. That wasn't the situation. So that, that is how to, to kind of, I don't say rectify the situation, but move through it. Uh, so the fine, uh, I, I don't think I would have been for that, but, but, but obviously, um, that was a decision made. It sounds like, well, I don't know that you guys were losing any sleep over it back then, but I know you and I are sleeping better than ever. Thanks to sleep me. We've been bragging about chili sleep for a while here on the show, but this is under the same great product with a new name. Sleep me is now the, the new owner of chili sleep, the new name, if you will. And what. What Jeff and I have known for a long time living in the South is we sleep better when it's cooler. So he and I both have ceiling fans in our bedrooms and probably have our whole lives. And I used to crank down the AC here in the house. Jeff has stayed over here at the house and he'd say, damn, you can hang meat in that room. Well, I crank it down. Cause I knew I got better sleep when I was cold, when I was cooler. Well, sleep me does it now for you. They make the coldest sleep systems available and they're going to help you get that deeper, more restorative sleep. I know it works for me because I've got bright, vivid, colorful dreams. I'm not kidding. I used to not dream, but now I know I'm getting better quality sleep. I'm getting REM sleep. This is a sleep system that's water-based, but that doesn't mean it's a water bed, but water has these amazing thermal properties. So as for me on my side of the bed, I want to sleep a little cooler. So my water on my side of the bed is sending cool air through my wife though. She likes to climb into a warm bed but then she wants it to cool her off. So she doesn't wake up all hot and sweaty. She even has her side automated to warm her up, to wake her up. Sleep me makes that possible. Same bed, two different temperatures, and it's our ideal sleep temperature, but they've leveled up their game even more. I can't believe this is real. Their new doc pro sleep system has hyper AI. That's right. AI driven technology. It's an industry first. It's going to be technology that tracks and optimizes your sleep temperature to get you the right temperature in real time. You just pair it with the new sleep me app and you get real time temperature adjustments based on your current sleep activity. I'm telling you, it's the best sleep of your life. I love it. I travel with one. I can't recommend it enough. I don't feel like me without it. Head over right now to sleep.me forward slash my world to learn more. And save 25% off the purchase of any new Doc Pro, Uler, or Cube sleep system. The offer is available exclusively for My World with Jeff Jarrett listeners, and it's only for a limited time. That's sleep, S L E E P dot M E slash My World to take advantage of our exclusive discounts and wake up feeling refreshed every day. Jeff, let's touch on some other storylines here. Bullet Bob is going to team up with Kip James with BG at ringside because of an injury, and they're going to lose to Tomco and AJ. And Kip finally turns on the Armstrong boys and turns heel. I love seeing bullet Bob here. I know that your old pal, Brian had to enjoy hanging out with the bullet. I'm sure you enjoyed that too. Uh, but VKM, the former new age outlaws, was it just, had that run its course by this point? Yes. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you just refer to them as the new age outlaws and people obviously we can't use that name, but the people VKM was, uh, up. I'll call it a bridge, a storyline. It was, it was, um, yes, it, it, the simple term is, yep, Jeff, it had run its course. Yeah. Uh, 
that that simple. We would also see crystal interview curry man and shark boy. Curry's going to dance and speak in Japanese. And of course, shark boy is still doing his best stone cold. Steve Austin impersonation. Listen, I understand wrestling needs silly every now and again. And Memphis certainly had their fair share of silly. I liked the shark boy gimmick. I think it's fun. It's clearly for kids. They're going to like it. Him doing an imitation of stone cold, Steve Austin, uh, maybe adults it up a little bit. So guys, my age would think it's fun or interesting curry man though. Feels like it's from a fever dream. I know it's a little silly and it was really popular in Japan. And we know underneath it's one of the most talented wrestlers who ever lived in Christopher Daniels. But what did you think of the curry man presentation? And, and why were you an advocate for it here in America? Gosh, and I cannot believe I can. Who's the third member of this? I'll call it comedy trio. I know we've got two. Uh, oh, goodness. Okay. It was a comedy relief um, in so many ways. And the thing that I liked most about it is what you just touched on. Underneath Curry Man and the comedy and the silly accent broken English is just how good a wrestler he was. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, and look, old Dean, uh, I mean, Sharky shark can work. Yes. Those, they could, once the match started and look comedy high spots, whether it's the Tennessee tiptoe, uh, whatever it may be, if you can go, you can go. And it translates a long way. And I think that's kind of the magic. And I know this was taught, to me in the Tennessee territory, you know, funny's funny and you know, funny's not money and all that kind of stuff. But Jackie Fargo had the old adage and I've heard this speech said to me directly in a couple of different ways. I, I was an audience member, uh, multiple times when Fargo would say it is that if you put just enough comedy into your presentation, but at the right time, you yank it out from under them in this match and the story. And this is to me, a pro tip that, that stay with me forever. The magic of that is if you have the people laughing, not at you, but kind of with you and enjoying it, if the heel does it the right time, the right way, then all of a sudden you're spoiling their fun. Not everybody has that ability to kind of that they, the, the comedy runs thin, but if you, you work in enough comedy and Fargo did that for a career <laughs> as a baby face around here is have a little fun and then have the heel steal it up from under him. And then you're off to the races, uh, again, playing with not playing with taking the audience on an emotional roller coaster ride. Well, the other, uh, emotional roller coaster is going to be this Kurt angle, Karen drama with AJ in the middle along the way. Kurt's going to have a, a first time matchup in TNA against Booker T that Wade says, maybe they should have saved for pay-per-view was there pressure on what was happening with your television program. Like was the station or the studio or the executives, were they saying we want this guy versus that guy, or we need pay-per-view worthy main events, or why did we get Booker and Kurt on TV rather than a pay-per-view it man, when we have. And I'll say this, the takeaway that my world has given me the podcast overall, you know, whether it's, you know, looking back on the flair Four horseman storyline or the double J or the NWA, but specifically kind of the TNA 
how it went from the startup to the spike, we'll call it the golden years, and then to as it morphed into the, you know, the TNA LOL, or however you want to say that in 2011, 12, 13, whatever it may be. The one thing for sure is 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, that has become so crystal clear was we were trying to be a slave to two masters. And it's simple. One week, or I'll say two weeks, or whatever, for a period of time, we wanted our ratings to go up. Then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we got to create revenue over here for you know Panda, and so we got to get our pay-per-view buys up. But that balancing act of having monthly pay-per-views was not sustainable in the pre-Apple Wallet generation because in these days, you still had to push buy on your remote go to the cable company and wait 90 days to get your money. And the piracy was way out there in front. I mean, you could pirate anything uh, in so many ways and get your black box and all that kind of stuff. So it was just so difficult to, 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 to kind of balance. And so the, the ratings versus buy rates, it, we, you know, we could second guess ourselves over and over and over, but that's kind of one of the blessings of the podcast, Conrad is being able to sit back and really analyze it from a business perspective is we tried to do both. And that's an impossibility. It's always an impossibility in life. You can't have two masters. Uh, but in this instance, Booker uh, versus Kurt on TV, we went with, Hey, let's go pop a number with it. Let's talk about AJ styles here. Um, meanwhile, Kurt's wrestling Booker T AJ's on his honeymoon with Kurt's wife, Karen, <laughs> and, uh, they have Jeremy Borash filming it with a camcorder. And at first Karen seems to be doing it just to make Kurt jealous. But by the end, she's sort of taken by AJ's boyish innocence and charm. He's doing lots of silliness with her. Uh, he's uh, lighting a candle, almost burning himself, doing it. He's pulling out a snow globe and talking about how he prayed for Christmas once in Gainesville, Georgia. He wanted snow on Christmas and it didn't happen. And his grandmother gifted him a snow globe and said, now you'll always have snow. And it meant a lot because it was a present from his grandma. And now he gives it to Karen and he's going to take her to Gatorland and Karen and, and, and AJ are hanging out with the alligators. And then eventually at the end of the night, you would assume, well, we're going to close the deal here. And AJ doesn't do that. And Karen is sort of struck by his innocence and his reverence for her. And he's not just quote unquote chasing her for, well, you know, uh, you know. this is some fun stuff. It is on a wrestling program. It does get to show a different side of AJ than just the badass in-ring wrestler. Karen's really getting to come into her own and become comfortable as a television character. what do you think of this? Just you wrapped it up. It was fun, but it was character development. You know, Karen being the ultimate vixen, Kurt being the ultimate heel that the title meant more than anything else in his life. And AJ just being, I'll call him the badass boy next door wrestler, but in, in an extension of his personality, this kind of fit in that glove. But, you know, if AJ were to portray, a ruthless heel, it just probably wouldn't have come across right. So I thought everybody played their role excellent. I think it's good character development. 
and knowing that AJ's ultimate role through the years and look at us 15 years later is being that baby face. And yes, he's been heel off and on many times throughout his career, but the money in AJ is playing. The extension of his personality is a phenomenal athlete. That's got a heart of gold that has a never say die attitude and always does what's right. That's really AJ styles. And he did this in this scenario and you know, uh, and we'll get into when we get into the pay-per-view, but you want to watch some entertaining nostalgia TNA stuff, go to impact plus check this out because it's, it is highly entertaining. And the look on Karen and AJ's face in this last scene where they get to the end of the night, the Gatorland stuff. And look, during this time, it's obvious, you know, Vince Russo and I know Jeremy Borash and Matt Conway and others were contributing kind of to the, this wedding and this storyline. And, you know, Dutch is there and Dutch is doing awesome Kong and Gail Kim and, and other things, you know, just kind of the yin and the yang of the creative, uh, jiving at those times. But, um, back to the look on when AJ decided to call it a night Gatorland was funny though. They've, you know, AJ, uh, Jeremy off camera, uh, his voice pops in. It's, uh, it's entertaining. It's highly entertaining. Of course, we should remind everybody that WrestleMania is coming to Orlando. This is the era where they're getting ready for Ric Flair's last match and, and just all the festivities with Floyd Mayweather and so many others. And this is of course the home of TNA. So you guys push out a press release saying that you're going to be doing your shows on Friday and Saturday in Orlando. And, uh, you, you push a press release out that gets picked up everywhere, including cnnmoney.com. Of course, these days, everybody piggybacks WrestleMania and you guys thought, Hey, they're coming to our backyard. Why not? feels like a no brainer now. Sure. I mean, that's, it was definitely, I mean, tens and thousands, you know, what, what that, what's that bowl hold over there? 70,000. I mean, that many wrestling fans were, were, were going to be in the Orlando area. So absolutely capitalize on that. I mean, it's, it was, it was a slam duck, no brainer. Something else you're trying to capitalize on is, uh, Bobby Knight is out at Texas tech and you guys are going to make a uh, pitch to make him the head coach in TNA. And of course the, uh, Texas tech PR staff picks it up over the weekend. I guess you guys wanted him to tape a message for a future impact broadcast and it was shot down and you were quoted as saying, well, we had to give it a shot. What was it? What would have been the idea? Just anything to get some mainstream attention or do you have a real creative idea? No, it's, I mean, it's just a s- simple PR stunt. Ross Foreman, uh, a graduate, uh, I mean, he was, uh, uh, Ross goes back to the WCW days in publicity. He worked for TNA for many years. He still works for impact wrestling at Anthem in publicity. He, uh, is a university of Indiana graduate. He took a class or classes from coach Knight, knew him personally. And so this was a tongue in cheek, but Bobby Knight was in the headlines. One of the most famous college basketball coaches, one of the winningest college basketball coaches, but most importantly in this scenario is Bobby could cut her. I mean, he's, if there is a college coach, that's kind of tailor-made for professional wrestling, it's Bobby. He's thrown chairs across courts. He's gotten technicals. He's made outlandish uh, press conferences go down. He's very articulate. Um, 
either you love Bobby or you hated Bobby. So he's a wrestling character without trying to be a wrestling character. So it was a publicity stunt just to get a little traction. But again, fighting for market share and trying to just get the awareness of the company people. Uh, that, that's another thing that uh, I had this conversation not long ago, talking about how to good a partners, TBS and TNT and, even you know, just the entire Warner Brothers Discovery, and that's just not a domestic U.S. company. It's a global company. Just how powerful they are. No disrespect to um, Spike because they were a great partner. They weren't even their number one network in their family. They had MTV. That you know, it, it's so it was a challenge. And you know, I've said this many, many times. Being on Spike two hours great, but it just wasn't in the stratosphere that a TBS TNT or USA, uh, is or were talk to me about MTV. Uh, there's an idea coming out here. Um, it's even going to be on the MTV website that a fellow named Chris, who, uh, is sick of being stereotyped because stereotyped is weak because he's in choir. And I guess he's homosexual. He wants to be made into a larger than life pro wrestler. So allegedly motor city machine guns here are going to be on this show and teach him how to throw a punch and quote unquote, take a fall. And here's the tagline from the MTV website, but with only six weeks of training before his first professional match, it's anyone guess whether or not he'll be ready to rumble. Is this cross promotion from spike? One Oh one Viacom cross promotion. And we welcome him. I believe the show was actually called made made. That's right. You mentioned, uh, as we say, the motor city machine guns, they're youthful as far as a creative team. Who can we put on this show that kind of fits that dynamic? Yes. They check all the boxes. So on the one hand, they, they didn't want to do business with us as far as, you know, the, the blading uh, situation. On the other hand, they're perfect for this cross promotion. So that's that truly is the wrestling business outside of the ring in, in a nutshell. It, it's you, you, you're again, juggling balls and trying to score touchdowns if you can, uh, with a limited roster, but anyhow, um, they were, uh, great for this cross promotion and spike was fired up with it because to get MTV, um, you know, this is Oh eight to get them to, to play ball with spike is big stuff. Big stuff is uh, the definition of Ric Flair going in the hall of fame. And it's in the torch that you had a bunch of guys on your roster who bought tickets to attend that ceremony. And of course we've touched on the fact that when one of the WWE guys showed up at your show, you made sure to get a shot of them and they fired his ass. Now I'm asking you, were you concerned? Hey, if some of my guys show up on their show, are they going to be on camera? And if so, would you have cut them loose? Hell no. <laughs> Zero chance. Um, look, and it's, it, you know, obviously the Hall of Fame, I heard Road Dog recently say it's, what do you call it? One of those real nights. But no, it's, um, I've never been one to get too caught up in, and I know there's been a big stink to do off and on. Uh, I don't say as of late, big stink, but, you know, just, um, what'd you call it? Co-mingling of yes. talent between yes. brands yes. Uh, is maybe a nice way to put it is I've never been, look, I, I get, understand both sides of the argument, but I've never been one 
to really dive too deep into that. And certainly in this situation, Rick, the legacy in 08, whoever it may be, uh, whether it's Nash or Booker or Kurt, they all had relationships. You know, I don't know exactly who it would be at this time, but they all had relationships. Every one of them. So I and, never thought. And by the way, they wouldn't have to buy tickets. My goodness. Come on okay. now. Uh, let's talk about team 3d. We, uh, we've had a storyline going here where because of the pay-per-view stipulation, Bubba can't wrestle until he's 265 or less. And we're going to do skits here where Devon is trying to get Ray to not overeat at a buffet and recommend a salad to him and make him spit out candy from a candy store. And they even join a secret society barbecue and to get in the secret word was testify. And of course they gorge and eventually it leads to a match with curry man and shark boy, but team 3d has to forfeit because they can't make weight. And this is a, a fun comedy skit. Ray's going to strip down to his boxers to try to make the weight, And he even pulls a sock out of his underwear. The nunch. <laughs> he have any problem with this creative? Is he cool with it? I, my gut tells me he was heavily involved in it because here was something and look, Bubba looks great today, but, but when you kind of going back to this era that Bubba had seen the landscape and all the talent there is, and Bubba's mentality is all right, how can I help get the X division over? Because the X division in a lot of ways during this era was TNA's calling card. What makes us different? What makes us the alternative? Well, the, the girls were just coming in the ladies, the knockouts were just coming into prominence, but at this time, heavyweights, tags, and X division, X division. So Bubba's no dummy. I'm going to seize right onto that is, and I'm going to get in there. Well, to, to kind of highlight the, the, the realities, Bubba is at least 50, 60 pounds bigger than these guys. Heck, I'm going to involve it in the storyline to make it work. So that was a part of this. And as you see, just because he wasn't technically in the match, he was heavily featured without taking any bumps. <laughs> so hats off, Bubba. Hats off to everybody. I mean, you got to be a good sport for a lot of this creative. Uh, let's talk about another main event. We talked about Kurt Angle versus Booker T for the first time in TNA. Well, here on TV too, you get Kurt Angle versus Kevin Nash. First time ever. Not just in TNA, they've never faced each other at all. And Wade would write paragraph after paragraph saying that you guys had just sacrificed it because this could have been a money drawing pay-per-view for you, but instead you gave Kevin Nash 14 minutes to not necessarily go out there and show off his work rate, but he's out there to be a star, which is what he does. And maybe this just wasn't the best use of this match and it should have been saved for a pay-per-view and a bigger angle. You've sort of responded to that saying you felt like you needed to do what you could with ratings. And, uh, our old pal, Jason Powell even reached out to spike and said, Spike TV spokesman, David Schwartz told me earlier this week, the network is happy with the Thursday night time slot. And he said, we'll see regarding impact going live more often. My guess is that the ratings for next week's live show will be a big factor in future live broadcasts, which makes it all the more puzzling that TNA didn't bother to hype the live broadcast more than one week out. If I were calling the shots, I would have asked the network for an extra hour and turned the live show into TNA's version of the old clash of the champions specials. You ever discussed that? Trying to do a, a two hour clash of the champions type special. 
I mean, we all, we talked quarterly specials. We talked all the above over and over and over going live every week was whether we paid for it or spike paid for it. Would we get our ROI? I mean, it was just an ongoing collaborative and Dave Schwartz, who you just referenced, who was uh, on the PR side of things. He was great. He, he, the spike team, um, look, we're all of us perfect. No, but Dave dug into it. And, um, wanted to understand parts of the product that he didn't understand. And so, uh, yeah, when that, when I read that name in the notes, it's like, I hadn't read that name in quite a while, but anyway, um, but yes, we talked about quarterly and monthly specials. Let's talk about the go home show. We got Kevin Nash pinning AJ styles in seven minutes, but only four of it airs. So after all this building you're doing with AJ, he's losing in four minutes. Curryman wins a battle Royal to earn a stipulation in his pay-per-view match. Uh, and the step is if team 3d doesn't make weight, they have to leave TNA. And if they win, the weight step would be dropped. Uh, Borash is going to interview all the ladies. Uh, Tom co is going to beat Samoa Joe in a first blood match. Takes them six minutes to do so. This is on the pay-per-view. No, this is the go home television show. Oh, this is the go home. Yeah. But when you said four minutes, I'm thinking, all right, that's a TV match. Yeah. But but anyway, but we're, we're the go home TV show you're talking about. Right. And we got Samoa Joe losing. Why? Doesn't make any sense in hindsight. Well, the, the AJ deal, uh, he'll lose and going into the pay. Anyway, keep, keep rolling. (laughs) Christian cage is going to beat Kurt angle in a cage match. Well, it's a controversial finish because both land on the floor about the same time. Um, another long TV match here for Kurt and the whole show is called fighting for the edge. And they've got the commissioner, Jim Cornette, having Mike time talking about it. The announcer is talking about it, but Wade would be critical saying nobody ever made it clear what everyone is fighting for. It just feels like a sort of throwaway. Eventually Kevin Nash fought AJ styles to a, uh, no rules street fight. I mean, Tomko in a first blood match, Christian and, and angle in a cage match. I mean, there's just lots of fun gimmicks, but it feels like, I don't know, 20 pounds in a 10 pound. Yeah. A little bit. Yes. It's, it feels that way to me also. So this date would, would have been what middle of March. I just yeah. wonder if, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, and I'm not saying it was a movie, but you know, what was it a spike driven? Hey, Guys, you got to theme the show up. Uh, and we're thinking, yeah, I hear you, but we got a pay per view next week or this weekend. Well, you need to theme the show up because we got this sponsor and that sponsor. Oh, you want some gimmick matches? I, I don't know. Uh, th- this is something damn note taker didn't uh, put in our notes. But no, like, what was, why did we theme the show up trying to brand something a week before we're selling a pay per view? Doesn't make any sense. None like none. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the pay-per-view, but before we do, I think we can agree that we were all looking for something fresh here on the program. And when I think about that, I think about hello, fresh America's number one meal kit. I got to tell you, I, uh, I loved getting our recent box of hello, fresh my wife as she's unpacking, uh, all of it and putting it in our fridge and getting loaded up. A little later, I heard her start rattling them pots and pans 
And I offered to help like I usually do when we've got HelloFresh. And she said, I got it. And I said, what are we having? That's a real story. And she goes, I don't know. I don't know what you would call this. And I could tell in her voice, she wasn't so sure about it. How about that for an ad? Doesn't sound like one yet, does it? It was freaking amazing. So not exactly what, what I would call it, but it was ground beef and it was rice and it was some vegetables and there was some secret sauce in there that came with it. Dude, it was unbelievable. And I have to admit when she didn't have confidence in what it was called, I was like, well, I don't know about this, but here's what I know. We've all gotten ourselves into ruts at times where we're eating the same thing over and over and over. That is never the case with HelloFresh. Here's what I can guarantee you over and over and over though. It's delicious every time. HelloFresh is going to help you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. It's going to save you the trip to the grocery store and it's going to make home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. We're talking delicious recipes made with fresh, wholesome ingredients delivered right to your door. No lines, no hassle, just great tasting meals done in a hit during a hurry. And March, by the way, is national nutritional month. And HelloFresh makes it easy for you to choose delicious dietitian approved meals. Simply look for the dietitian win tag on their menu choices, and you'll find meals that are 700 calories or less with one third less sodium. And listen, I don't think it's a surprise. The cost of groceries are going up. I see people talking about that on social media all the time. Well, now's the perfect time to get started with HelloFresh because it's cheaper than the grocery store. And it's like 25% less expensive than takeout. And there's always something for you to choose new. They've got 40 different weekly options for you to choose from meals for every occasion, lifestyle, and preference. You can even get stuff like soy glazed salmon, which I have to admit, I would have never tried if it wasn't for HelloFresh. I have, and I can tell you it was awesome. What about some mushroom risotto, mushroom and chive risotto? I don't know that I would have ever picked that dude, 10 out of 10. These delicious dinners are a cinch. HelloFresh's chef-crafted seasonal recipes are going to come pre-portioned with all the ingredients. All you got to do is cook and enjoy. Maybe you'll like the one pot pork and black bean chili or the creamy Dijon dill chicken. I would have never imagined I would have eaten any of that stuff because we just get in a rut, right? We're eating this week. Well, we ate last week or the week before HelloFresh makes it easy to have some fun, try some new stuff and eat good doing it. You can even upgrade to organic chicken or organic ground beef on some of these meals. It's foolproof recipes. It's convenient doorstep delivery. You just got to try it. And by the way, these ingredients go farm to table at your house in less than seven days. So, you know, they're fresh and that's what we're talking about. Fresh. We were looking for something fresh and we got it. Can't recommend it enough. Go right now to hellofresh.com slash my world 60. Use my code MYWORLD60 and you'll get 60% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash MYWORLD60 and that code MYWORLD60 gets you 60% off plus free shipping. I cannot recommend it enough. My wife and I love cooking together. It brings us closer together. It pays dividends for me later. I'll let you figure that out. It's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. It's damn good stuff, is it not, Jeff? Conrad, you want to hear my HelloFresh recent testimonial? Yes. Okay. Uh, out at um, Revolution Weekend. So I uh, left the house on Tuesday, Dynamite Wednesday, Rampage Friday, Pay-Per-View Sunday, 
fly home Monday, had to fly right back to Sacramento on Tuesday. Bad storms came through our area really bad on Thursday. Karen left on Friday. It knocked down. Did y'all get, did y'all get them really bad a couple of weeks ago? We did. We did. In Hendersonville, straight line winds of 70 to 80 miles an hour. Telephone poles snap. So the power was went out. But you're thinking it's going to come back on in 30 minutes, in an hour. Well, our girls were here, Kira and Jaren, and one hour turned into two hours, turned into four hours, turned into eight hours, turned into uh, almost 72 hours. No power. Wow. So what happened? Yeah, Conrad. It, I mean, it's it, – it, you know where I live on the count of the, I mean, it walloped. It's there's some folks that were at power out of wheat because it literally, it destroyed everything. Transformers. Anyway, so no power. So I told them at about the 24 hour mark, like dad, what do you want us to do with all the food and all this kind of stuff? I said, look, just keep the door shut. Me and Karen will deal with it on our, you know, once we get home anyway. So we get home Monday, that stuff has nothing in our fridge was good. But guess what arrived Monday afternoon? Hello, fresh. And not, we didn't need one thing. I'm telling you, I ate like a king, like the king of the mountain deserves on that. Mo- Seriously, it was a lifesaver, but it is so good. Karen loves it because I don't know, Conrad, if Megan's this way. Or even if the issue we, when you go to the store and have to get different ingredients, if you are going to try something, okay, it calls for, and I'm just, I'm not good at this, but a certain spice. You know what? What's a good spice? I'm going to buy, you end up buying three of the same thing, just yes. different brands. Yes. And then you buy this. Uh, what kind of noodles? You want gluten free? Uh, no, get two boxes of that. You always overbuy, and yes. then that stuff sits in the pantry forever. HelloFresh is a, it's spot on, man. Exactly what you need. They've already done all the the, the focus groups and game changing testing and all that. Fix exactly what you want. Eat it. Um, we I ate uh, my not one portion, but maybe two and a half portions. Of <laughs> and Karen uh, had her a little bit, and then we packed packaged up the rest. And the girls got to have it for dinner the next night. And uh, great, man. I am. Um, I'm really. T- touting the uh, uh, the sponsors of today's show, but HelloFresh is they, they are. I'll, see, I'll give Sanjay Dutt a shout out. His family said it's the best. Uh, what would you call this uh, meal delivery service on the market? I agree. They, they, they said it is the shout out Sanjay, the best. And when the, he <laughs> looked at Karen, goes, "They're your sponsor," and Karen goes, "Oh, I know. We get it every week." <laughs> so anyway, yeah, fantastic. Check it out. If you haven't already, by all means, there's a real deal re-endorsement for my family and Jeff's. I think you're going to like it. And I think you're going to like this pay-per-view watch along with us. It's impactwrestling.com forward slash packages. Be sure to use the code Jeff. When you sign up, that's impactwrestling.com slash packages. The promo code Jeff is what you need to do. Uh, this pay-per-view we're talking about here today. I uh, went down at the Norfolk scope. There's 3,200 fans here. Uh, the show did 20,000 buys that's down 10,000 from the year prior where it was Christian defending his NWA title against Samoa Joe sting and abyss in a last rats rights match and uh, Kurt and Scott Steiner in a singles match. Uh, but the show opens up with Jeremy Borash talking with team angle arriving at the arena and angle is going to confirm with Borash that Jim Cornette saw all the angles of the controversial finish of the cage match. He must reverse the decision. 
Uh, Tomko said for once, I agree with him. And of course, AJ is wondering where the hell Karen is. And then we go right into Jim Cornette's office and Borash is asking if Cornette was going to let the fans rule TNA because they voted for the decision to stand. So back and forth here, but we're starting this pay-per-view almost like a TV show. Are you a fan of that or not so much? The short answer is that, cause I think that's subjective, right? But I do like sitting back. Uh, I look at a television show, whether it's a one or a two hour show as it, it is a roller coaster. It's a TV show. I think you need to, I think you need to have in the back of your mind, if you're sitting down for the first time, you need to play catch up. You need to bring the audience in and explain things. So a pay-per-view is a three hour blockbuster movie, so to speak. So you kind of have to set the stage. And I, I guess what I'm saying is if you want to like get down to the nuts and bolts, Hey Jeff, do you mind pre-tapes and backstage and uh, storytelling? No, I don't. I think, in a lot of ways, it's necessary to kind of set the stage because in so many ways, you know, and I shout out to Excalibur uh, on the, and I told him this in person, the MJF Brian Danielson, you know, 60 minute plus, I thought their storytelling was really, really good. But I think if you have backstage stuff the night of, not too much, it can't be no three and a half, four and a half, five and a half minute backstage, but 90 seconds of some storytelling. I think that enhance, enhances the in-ring product. Let's talk about the first match. It's the rock and rave infection, which is Jimmy rave and Lance Hoyt. They have Christy Hemi with them taking on LAX, which is homicide and Hernandez taking on the motor city machine guns. It's a three-way dance. R and R come out and do some shout outs, uh, concert style. And as usual, Jimmy rave gets the town they're in wrong, which is a fun little bit calls it Nashville. Uh, I love Jimmy rave. It's a shame. He's no longer with us. Mm. Um, ultimately though, I can't believe this is real. LAX gets the win in nine minutes. It gets two and a quarter stars. Uh, Wade would say chaotic at times, but good pacing for a short opener throughout with good high spots to get the crowd into the show. So maybe if you're a, a, a naysayer, you would say it's the burial of the motor city machine guns, but LAX get the win here and seemingly a renewed push. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about rock and rave. what do you think about Jimmy rave and Lance Hoyt as a tag team? I thought they had a lot of upside. The chemistry between, I don't want to call it a little man, big man, but look, Lance is a big dude yes and super athletic but he's in this time i don't think people understand how athletic and big he was uh again look at our depth if you will of tag teams pretty pretty deep um but i loved him as a team could we have done more with them yes no, no question uh were we burying the motor city machine guns no um, many, many times the LAX crew, and this was our, the Hernandez in ring version. Um, we really wanted them to click for a lot of reasons at the very top of that is, is the Hispanic audience. Next up, we're going to see uh, Johnny Fairplay and, uh, Joel Micronesia. Uh, these guys were of course, uh, CBS survivor contestants and, uh, Joel had recently just been voted off like the prior Thursday. 
what, what can you tell us about TNA sort of on again, off again relationship with Johnny Fairplay? Oh, Johnny goes back. Gosh, to the day asylum days, but Dixie may be the biggest survivor fan in history. Now she loved the show. She loved the show and, uh, Johnny and all of his charm charmed her. Uh, and so that relationship stayed there. Um, survivor obviously being a CBS Viacom show. So all in the family. Um, and again, I don't want to call it a publicity spot stunt, but a little bit of a cross promotion. It's, it's no different than when raw goes to a certain market or SmackDown or AEW dynamite or rampage having this athlete sitting in the front row or this actor or this TMZ personality, whatever it is, little cross promotion. Next up, we got Black Machismo, who's got SoCal Val with him, taking on Petey Williams, who's got Rocka Khan with him. Uh, Lethal gets the win in 11 minutes to retain the title uh, and uh, gets three stars in the um, torch. Uh, Wade would write, really good match. The near falls were believable. Great counters, great teases throughout for their big signature spots. What did you think was the, the ceiling for SoCal Val and Black Machismo as a modern-day Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth? Uh, Val was a, not the storyline, a part of the storyline. I, I never envisioned Val and, and Jay being long-term short-term. I thought the, the, the magic or the chemistry or kind of the intrigue was in a lot of ways. And I'm not just saying he's cause he's my man right now, but I've always been high on Sanjay's brain, but his entering ability, Sanjay had great facials and his facials during this storyline were phenomenal, J- just so good. But the chemistry of those three, Jay and and uh, uh, Sanjay being real life best friends, played into it. Val, who had you know worked her way up through the ranks, you know Orlando, she was more or less an audience host, but then became an announcer and then an on string character. Uh, they all three really played played their role really, really well. And like I've said many times as of late, they're like, Hey, you and Jay lethal. And I'm like, let me just start you right there. You're just kind of the way you phrasing it, just figuring out just how good Jay lethal. Well, he's always been that good to me. He's really, really, really good. Once, uh, the bell, uh, rings. I mean, he's super, super good. Next up, we get a promo with relic talking about drilling a hole in Eric Young's skull and then sucking his brains out and then pulling out his heart and plucking his eyeballs out and stirring it all into a martini glass. And then they wrestle Eric Young and Kaz taking on relic and black rain. Lots of double teaming on Kaz. Uh, eventually uh, when relic sits up, Eric Young panics and bails. And Don West says, you didn't have the stones to stay in there. So he runs to the back and leaves Kaz all alone. Kaz starts to make a comeback. He's getting ready to make a tag, but of course, Eric young is nowhere in sight. And then superhero music plays and a masked and caped Eric young comes out. And today's voice is going to crack as he says, what <laughs> Eric young has tapped into an alter ego to beat up on rain and relic. It's a top rope body block clotheslines and so much more. And eventually he uses his superhero strength to do a double death Valley driver. 
and pins rain in 10 minutes. It gets a star and a quarter and Wade says fun storyline advancement, a bit silly, but in small doses, it's fine. Mid card. Eric young can do no wrong. That dude was fearless, was willing to do whatever it was, make an ass of himself in any regard. And somehow it always came out pretty good. Well, two things. He has a incredible gift of comedy. Yes. It's Jeremy Borash does too, but Jeremy is a great in-ring announcer, but when he wanted to dabble in comedy, same with Eric, Eric is great at comedy, but he also, uh, when, once the re- match starts, bell to bell is great. But that picture, folks, if you're watching the video version, you saw it. If you didn't, Eric Young had Dustin Rhodes and Relic, and Relic's probably 240, both on his shoulders. Folks, that's about four or 500 pounds that he's walking around with in the ring. Eric, people don't realize just how strong he is. He is kind of right. I don't know if you, I mean, EY is super strong, but great comedy. I love that. And back to the early part of the, the, the episode when I couldn't figure out who the third was sharp boy, curry man, and, and super it, Eric, Eric young. Yeah. Put them in a pre-tape. There's some highly entertaining, <laughs> highly entertaining. Next up is the TNA knockouts title match. It's awesome. Kong versus ODB versus Gail Kim. We've all acknowledged that TNA was on the cutting edge of women's wrestling here. They were the trailblazers with performers like awesome Kong and Gail Kim. And we all think ODB was probably just too far ahead of her time. I mean, she would be a megastar right now. They go 12 minutes. Kong retains three and a quarter stars. And Wade would say in some ways, just excellent. There's just a little bit of bad timing here and there, uh, but overall a strong showing again by these women, they've been pretty consistent. You've been doing Kong and Kim out there every month, but throwing ODB in the mix is a new coat of paint, as Bruce would say. And she, like Eric Young, delivered every time. Big time. Those three, and it was, uh, it, you, a lot of times when you add a third member into a heated rivalry that's produced over and over, it's lesser than. This was not lesser, it was different. Next up, we're going to see a video feature talking about the Elevation X match. As a reminder, Rhino has challenged James Storm to it and acknowledged he's scared of heights. And James Storms is saying he is scared of heights. And uh the audio for this video runs a little long. And you actually hear Rhino say on the broadcast, how's that? Where he's no longer in character. He cut a big wrestling promo and then afterwards says, How was that? Oops. And it didn't get edited out. And it airs on the pay-per-view. These sort of things don't happen very often these days. It seems like this was sort of common at times in TNA. Are you freaking out? Who, uh, who do you shake the stick at after a show like this? Uh, maybe during the show, you know, the EVS operator, tape operator, you know, when did they, here you go. It's who shot Jr. You're, you're pointing fingers. When did you actually get this to the truck? Did you have a time to QC it? Oh, well, no, but okay. The producer on site didn't tell me this was on the end of it. When we, I mean, you can point a thousand fingers at the end of the day, what went over the air shouldn't have. So are you going to cuss everybody out and fire them? Or are you going to say, guys, can you see this crap anyway? Uh, not good. Uh, back to the elevation etch deal. I, I, because it reading the research, it clicked in me. Neither guy said, oh yeah, we'll do it. 
not a fan of it, but I don't mind doing it. And, and I remember in creative, I said, that's your story. They're both going to be uncomfortable up there, which look, when you watch this, that's the thing. A lot of times these uh, scaffold matches or elevation matches, they don't play so well live because there's not a lot of, so you really got to have a red eyed storyline, but when you're in the arena and watch it, it's scary. It's you, you just like, okay, Hey, I'm desensitized to 17 hurricane runners and this and that. But if that guy falls from up there, that's going to hurt. Yeah. It's it, you, you, there's an emotion watching something live. It doesn't always translate, uh, on TV. Let's, uh, let's talk about the next match because we do more comedy stuff here. It's team 3d against shark boy and curry man. As a reminder, Earl Hebner tells everybody, Hey, you gotta make your weight or you're going to be fired. Ray, of course, leans into this, asks the fans if they want to see him fired from TNA. Of course, the crowd cheers. Then he says, we're not fat, but you fans in Virginia are. He picks on a few and then says, we're going to make the weight. Devon does it. No problem. Ray is very nervous doing deep breaths and then very gingerly steps on the scale. He can't even bear to look down at the number and the ref announces that, that he made it. Uh, the crowd's both cheering and booed. And then Johnny Devine jumps up on the ring apron Enhanced team 3d, a bunch of snack cakes, because now they can eat like crap again. Uh, and eventually curry and shark boy are there and they're going to schoolboy team 3d from behind for a pair of two counts. Team 3d tries to get it together and they walk past the fish market set, which is in the wide entrance aisle. And, uh, well, there's some silliness here, including shark boy, grabbing a big fish to use as a weapon. And for the next several minutes. Team 3D is going to take a beating with various gimmicks like a rod and reel and lots of silliness. Eventually, Curry and Shark get the win, though, in 12 minutes. Uh, and Wade would give it two stars. And he says, hard to rate a match as zany and gimmicky as that. It was what it was, effective at what it was trying to be. What'd you think? Was this too much of the good stuff? Is it a little too silly or perfect for what it was? It, I, I would never call it perfect, but. Monthly pay-per-view matches that need an episodic element and to try to do something up 3D's alley as a street fight. But how do you make it a little bit different? Okay, so they're fighting with fish. Okay, is it the most enthralling uh, sports entertainment? Maybe not, but it was highly entertaining and it, it, it mission accomplished. It's the collective gimmick after gimmick after gimmick in this day and age when you have social media and you know like we said earlier this wednesday night or this monday night is the greatest card ever put together back in those days you didn't really have context now you can look at monthly pay-per-views or whatever it is and go gimmick match after gimmick match that went four minutes so what six minutes just a different era we should mention uh, after the match fair play and joel are going to celebrate at ringside with curry and shark and then eventually Ray comes over and is going to shove Joel hard into a row of chairs. There's a big pull apart securities involved, fun stuff, brushing up against a survivor celebrity. Next up, Robert rude with Peyton banks is going to take on Booker T with Tracy Brooks. Rude gets the win in six minutes and, um, it gets a star in a quarter. Wade would write what a letdown. It was not a lot to it at all. I assume the show was running long and that's the reason they got cut. Either way, Tracy gets in the ring to take 10 lashes with a whip per the stipulation. Booker's going to protest and security has to escort him to the back. And once they get to eight, Rude is whispering something to Banks. 
She straps her over and over and Tracy gets the strap and makes the move towards her. Rude pulls her away and grabs Tracy by the throat. And when rude grabs the strap and he's looking like he's going to uh, do something about it, Charmel runs out and makes the save and uh, she's whipping everybody in sight. Even Cornette is trying to talk, talk her down and eventually security drags her away. Fun little moment for Charmel, but man, a strap match with the ladies. This is a whole different world here. A little different. Uh, that's another thing. Seeing it live, you go, okay, that hurts. Yeah, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. It, uh, but again, the monthly pay-per-view format makes you get out of your comfort zone. Probably a little too much. We hit a uh, promo backstage with, um, James storm. And now it's time for this to be a thing. Uh, James storm versus Rhino, the elevation X match. They're both scared to be here. Uh, it goes roughly seven minutes and it's a pretty clean landing. Storm's going to be hanging from his hands and legs and Rhino's going to kick him off. Storm's going to fall to the mat, land on a table. He hits the table, uh, feet first, but he lands pretty flat. Otherwise today's going to start calling for the EMTs. They're going to bring out a stretcher, put a neck brace on him. And Wade gave it one star and said it was pretty bad. Without someone of Styles' agility, they were really limited in what they could do with this format. It was cheesy and uncomfortable and didn't live up to the hype hype because both of these guys sensibly were so cautious up there. Listen, it kind of is what it is. Um yep. hard to deliver, man. It just is. Our main event though, 12 minutes here. Samoa Joe, Kevin Nash, and Christian Cage on one side, AJ Kurt Angle and Tomko on the other. Uh, of course, there's a rear naked choke. Tomko's gonna tap out. Today is going to push it's Joe versus angle for the title match next month at lockdown in Boston. Wade Duggett said it was a good six man tag, but it didn't feel substantial enough to be a pay-per-view main event three and a quarter stars. It's sort of a backdrop for Kurt angle and Samoa Joe for the world title in Boston. But Hey, you had a lot of star power here. Is that what you just got to do in this monthly pay-per-view format every now and again? Pay-per-view format, it did, what, what did he say, 20,000 buys or the, around yep. that number? Yep. And then the following month, we do around 50,000 buys. It just, it, when you just kind of look at March 08, April 08, pay-per-view buys, storytelling, that monthly pay-per-view format just jumps off the page on the realities, the good and the bad. Our ratings, one, you know, a million and a half viewers, maybe north of that, uh, or growing toward that, uh, all things considered, you know, it was what it was. Was it a can't miss pay-per-view? <laughs> it was a can miss pay-per-view reality. Um, and we knew it and, and look, it was WrestleMania season and R- WrestleMania, uh, came right after us in the month of March, I believe. Um, and then you have us in April doing lockdown. So. That was the reality. Well, the reality is the story behind the story is often more interesting than the pay-per-view itself. And I hope that was your experience today. Next week, we'll be talking about early 2003 and TNA. We'll be touching on Raven and Sandman and Kevin Sullivan and SEX and Vince Russo retiring and Eric Watts and kid cash as X division champ, the old NWA title, the real one, David flair, D'Lo Brown, Jim Duggan, bare breasts. One of my favorites. Uh, Trinity, uh, teaming with the dusty roads character, sadistic madness, and so much more. 
A lot to talk about next week here on the program. Of course, you get all these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. I want to mention that this Friday we're dropping seven. That's right. Seven new pieces of bonus content, just in time for St. Patrick's day. We're calling it our lucky seven. We're going to have bonus episodes with Eric Bischoff and Jake Roberts, new ass Conrad and a whole lot more. It's available this Friday, St. Patrick's day at adfreeshows.com. And by the way, right now you can sign up and try it for free on us at adfreeshows.com. You get a free trial, get a taste of what it's all about. And then you'll realize, man, there's more than a dozen shows here starting at just nine bucks. I'm in. And you're also probably in, if you're looking for men, if you're looking to target men, 25 to 54 years old, there's no better place to advertise than right here with us on my world. You hear the same ads off and over and over and over. Why is that? Because it really works. And with our super targeted audience, there's so little waste. Go right now to advertise with and be sure to support us on YouTube, my world on youtube.com. And throughout today's show, you saw a whole bunch of new fun merch. We've got it's all available right now at box Jeff, this is the last time I talked to you without a title. When we record next week, you will have stripped orange Cassidy. You will be the very first AEW international heavyweight champion of the world. I can't wait to see it. And I hope you, uh, dance a little jig for us next week with your new fancy gold shoes to match your new gold belt. You want a little tiptoe? Are you going to be the first to like contribute to my picture money with this belt? Done. Well- <laughs> you know, I like to collect them. So when Tony Khan, you know, I mean, it won't be long now. I can't wait until I got a T and T belt back there or a, a dynamite mm. belt or a rampage belt. It's going to happen sooner rather than later. You want that international. Oh, dude, I want it. But I'm saying I want the belts that are on TNT now. Like to, to know it's on TV tonight, honey. But then, bam, it's on the shelf the I, next day. It, 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 I mean, you're a belt collector. Yes. And you're an AEW fan, but you're also partners with The Last Outlaw, who by the time you're listening to this <laughs> is just 24 hours away from being the AEW international champion. Tune in. I'll kidding aside, Conrad. I just wanted to touch on something and we'll put a bow on this episode. Because ad-free members yes. get to ask questions. Yes. And this struck me that somebody, I think somebody asked a question. Was Destination X ever supposed to be an all X division pay-per-view? I think that's a, no. That was so, something that we, because the next month is lockdown and we wanted, all right, let's go, you know. And so that's why we had, you know, the Elevation X and we had X Division action, but it was never supposed to be an exclusive, like an all cage format. No, this wasn't supposed to be all X Division. So I wanted to answer that question because it, as far as the branding, uh, I thought it was important. So sorry to dive back into that, Connie, but uh, you're so fired. You're more fired up than I am about, about being the new na- international champion. Well, here's, here's what I know. International champions have to be on time to their phone calls. So with that in mind, We want to thank everybody for checking us out this week. Be sure to check out what Jeff's doing tomorrow night. He's coming home 10 pounds heavier. I know what you're thinking. Well, Hey, he's eating hello fresh. He's working out three times a day. Yeah. It's a sellout at TSA. They're going to want to all do a meet and greet with the new champ next week. We're going to start the show with Jeff yelling. The champ is here. So tune in tomorrow night to AEW and tune in next week and every Tuesday right here on my world. Peace. 
As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. Savewithconrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at savewithconrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? (laughs) You pay me more. Jeff Smith teaches on the sliding scale. (laughs) Those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.